The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Business is a competition. There are winners and losers. There's always someone trying to take your business away. And in business, just like sports, there are players, there are coaches, and there is a scoreboard. Welcome to The Business Locker Room with Kelly Riggs. Whether you're a manager, executive, business owner, salesperson, or entrepreneur, The Business Locker Room is a show that will create content and conversations that will help you improve your business. Now, let's join your host, Kelly Riggs. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. Great to have you on board. What a show we've got lined up today. Uh, We have got some great things happening. As uh, usual, my good friend, Miles Austin, will be on board for the X's and O's segment. And we're going to talk about a very interesting online tool, timetrade.com. Can't wait to get Miles in about 345, and we'll, we'll talk a lot about that tool. First things first, let me talk to you about where you can find out more about the show, preview our upcoming guests, download past episodes, all kinds of things happening. You can find that at bizlockerroom.com, and you would find an introduction to today's feature guest, and that is David Brock. Excited to have David on board. David is going to talk leadership and sales. He is... Um, the founder of Partners in Excellence. In fact, I'm going to look at one of his blog posts today in our opening monologue, partnersinexcellenceblog.com. He has consulted with startups all the way up to Fortune 25 companies. He teaches businesses how to succeed, how to thrive, how to improve performance. And I'm really excited to get him into the locker room and find out some of the things that he shares with his clients is going to be a fantastic episode. The Business Locker Room, this is a show where we will discuss all kinds of practical business tools and ideas that you can use. We'll talk about management, leadership, sales, marketing, business startups, all kinds of things, social media, online marketing, just everything that you can imagine if it pertains to business. Typically, we're going to find a place for it. It's a show about finding great guests and creating compelling conversations and leaving you with some content that you can use uh, every day, beginning today. Welcome to the Business Locker Room. I am your host, Kelly Riggs. You can find me online on Twitter, at Kelly Riggs. And again, want to remind you to send me an email if you've got questions or thoughts, ideas, anything that would contribute to the show. Love to hear from you. You can contact me, Kelly, at bizlockerroom.com. also want to direct you over to brand new blog posts that uh, have up today. Went uh, live uh, today. It is at oneononeselling.com. And that is one of uh, the sites where I, I do blog posting one-on-one, use the numbers, one, one-on-one-selling.com, and go to the blog post site there, uh, t- click on the blog tab, you'll find a brand new post up today, Sales Manager's Three Big Lies 
enjoyed writing that one. Hope uh, hope you'll take a look at that. Also want to do uh, take the opportunity to introduce and thank our partner in the show, 4D Sales. And this is a tool that uh, we will look at in detail in a future show, but 4D Sales conceived when three guys who come out of the sales business, about 80 years worth of experience to collectively decided to examine how they could take technology and change the way you do sales calls. If you're a salesperson, really want to encourage you to check these guys out. 4dsales.com. It is a tablet-based sales tool. It is available for iPad and Windows 8 devices, and it changes dramatically the way salespeople present information. It makes it interactive, visually appealing, very compelling, and it puts all of your material together in one very easily accessible place. Fantastic for clients. I've been in sales and marketing for almost 30 years, and 4D Sales is that truly easy-to-use tool. Um, It really makes a sales call go smoothly. So all the things that you would have in a sales presentation in the first place, price lists, brochures, PDFs, slide decks, white pages, web pages, videos, you name it. And as a sales manager, you can create consistency for all of your salespeople having all of those things in the same place at the same time and making sure that everyone is current and using it the way you intended. 4dsales.com, our partner here in the business locker room and just delighted to have those guys on board in the next few weeks. Miles Austin will take a look at 4D sales and we'll bring it into the X's and O's segment. We'll break it down and give you an idea of how it can benefit you as well. Well, I, I tell you, each and every week, so many things cross my desk, so many articles uh, that I read, books that I read, uh, various items that I come across, and, and I always want to feature one of those. But this week, we're interviewing the founder of Partners in Excellence, Dave Brock, and I got to reading his blog and just found so much that I liked. And I actually want to go back to January 27th, two fourteen. 2014, and and look at one of his blog posts on his blog, partnersinexcellenceblog.com, and it's entitled, Do You Deserve to Be a Manager? And he was talking about a a blog post he had actually read uh, on HBR blogs, Harvard Business Review blogs, if you're not helping people develop, you're not management material. And he began to talk about some of the things that people overlook in their position as managers, the, the, the leadership side of managing, you know, the people side of managing. And my experience is, is that the, it is not the technical aspects of the job, nor is it typically planning and organizing and those kinds of things that create the most problems for managers. Most managers agree that their real problems, their real challenges are creating a team, finding the right people, training them the right way, motivating them the right way, and, and creating a level of engagement that allows them to do their very best work. And he says, quoting now from his blog post, when I work with managers and executives, too often their time is spent on other things, endless reporting, endless internal meetings, not about the things needed to develop their people to perform at the highest levels possible, but all sorts of other things. The data about time spent coaching is abysmal. I'm still quoting now from from Dave's article, managers' abilities to coach are poorly developed. Results on performance planning and performance management and training and development all seem to be headed in the wrong direction. Two-thirds of salespeople are not making their numbers. Something is wrong. And I would agree with that. And it leads me into a conversation of what is it that leaders do? 
I mean, what are what are leaders responsible for? Typically, people get promoted into positions of management, into positions of leadership, not based on their abilities to lead people. They're not assessed in that regard, typically. Very, very, very rarely does that happen. Typically, someone gets promoted, it's because of their knowledge, their skill, or their performance. I, I happen to be one of those guys. I was very successful as a salesperson. Next logical step, do you want to be a sales manager? Sure. Be in charge? Be in control? Absolutely. Didn't go very well, at least not at first, because the skills that make for a great salesperson do not necessarily make for a great sales manager. In fact, most of the HR people that I know that you talk to and they talk about promoting salespeople to management positions, if you take your best salesperson, make them a sales manager, you get two things. You get a very poor sales manager typically and you lose a great salesperson, which is unfortunate because it's just a set of skills that someone has not learned yet. The same sets of skills that you would learn as a salesperson has has a corollary or a parallel set of skills in management, leading people, learning how to develop the talents of people, learning what things are important. So we get promoted based on being good at something, being able to do something well. And then when it comes time to lead other people to do those things, what do we typically check down to? Stepping in and doing it ourselves. That's why, or one of the reasons why at least, micromanagement is such a big deal. But the, the definition of management is pretty simple. It's the art and science of getting things done through other people. Leadership, management leadership, is not the art and science of getting things done. It's the art and science of getting things done through other people, which means necessarily that I need to develop the skills that would allow me to do that well. Unfortunately, very, very few companies have successful management training programs. And, and sometimes even the management training they're doing is not, is not very well targeted and focused on, on very particular skills that are necessary. My first sales management job, we, we had a fantastic training curriculum. It went like this. Good luck. And that was about the extent of it. I mean, I didn't know anything. I didn't know anything about hiring didn't know how to train effectively. You know, so predictably, I wasn't getting the right kinds of people. Didn't know how to spot and recognize talent. Didn't train them well. Didn't coach well. And it created the predictable problems. So it, it's, it's a, a set of skills that we need to lead people into understanding. And we're better served to begin to assess people's abilities to create teams. The last thing I want to do is take a superstar salesperson and because he or she wants to be a manager, move them into that position without preparation, without assessment, without knowing where they fit into the big picture. Can they indeed fill that spot? Or are they so focused on getting things done individually that they'll never really be able to translate those skills into a collective coaching arrangement, training other people to be effective? And that's where sales managers really, really make their money, is the opportunity to coach provides them with the ability to communicate effectively on on how to do it, not stepping in and doing it for them. So what are the critical skills that leaders have to learn? Well, we're going to talk to Dave about it, and I'm excited to do that because he teaches business people, sales people, managers, executives, business owners, how to succeed and thrive. But from my perspective, 
there are really three primary roles that leaders have to fill. And, and these are the roles that almost inevitably in my work as a consultant and consulting with companies, these are the areas in which the company is struggling because managers are not doing these well. And almost without exception, it is the same reason in every instance. The most common excuse that managers give for not fulfilling their leadership roles is they don't have time, which makes sense because they're, they're consistently in firefighting mode, consistently crisis managers. Three very critical roles. The first one, obviously, is communication. And, and while it sounds trite and perhaps too broad of an area, the reality is, is that all communication is going to emanate from the manager, from the leader first. I mean, it needs to come back. It need, you know, that dialogue needs to take place. But if managers aren't communicating about changes that are made and changes in policy and procedure and new products and new strategies and the things that are happening, if they're not communicating well, no one can step in and do it for them. Communication becomes perhaps the cornerstone of team building. And, of course, there's mountains of information to, to work through in that regard. But learning a set of skills and an awareness about communication is critical. The second thing is, is strategic thinking, the things that go with that, strategic planning, creating a vision for the company and who we are and where we're going. All of those kinds of things are extremely critical. And, if, again, if the, the manager, if the leader's not doing those things, then you know it is not being done by someone else. Someone else is not going to fill in those roles typically. And the third, and perhaps absolutely as important as communication, certainly as important as strategic thinking and planning and so forth, is developing people. Leadership's primary role is to develop people. One of, one of the primary roles, certainly. There's, there's perhaps nothing worse that can be said about a manager or about a leader than to say about the employees, they did not improve while they worked for him or her. He or she did not make them better while they worked there. It, it would be an incredible shame to work somewhere for a number of months or even years and never have improved your skills along the way. Well, we're going to explore this topic more with Dave Brock. We're going to come back on the other side of the break, and we will talk to Dave Brock I want to welcome you again into the Business Locker Room. It is a show where we talk about all of these things, leadership and marketing and management and sales and business strategy, all of those kinds of things. And we're going to take a quick time out. We'll come back on the other side and we'll have that conversation. You're listening to the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. 
Today, enterprise technology is both strategic and global. Each week on CIO Talk Radio, IT thought leaders from around the world share their experiences with listeners as they discuss with Sunjog All how they are trimming costs and partnering with business to innovate and help IT become more competitive. This means better care for customers and improves the corporate bottom line. If you want to keep up with IT thought leadership, listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjog All every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel, the bottom line in business talk. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Great to have you on board. It's the show with compelling conversations, useful content you can use to improve your business today. Great to have you with us. Hey, next week, want to already begin to talk about next week's show, and it seems like each week the guests just get better and better and better. Next week, a couple of gentlemen uh, join the show. Sean Copeland, president and CEO of Regent Bank, good friend of mine here locally, is also the author of The Priority Promise, and we're going to talk about uh, time management and setting priorities and, and something that he's learned that has just absolutely changed the way he does business. Should be exciting. And then David Burkus, who is an assistant business professor at Oral Roberts University, has written a book called The Myths of Creativity. And he will be on board as well. Should be a fantastic show. We're joined by David Brock. You can find David on Twitter, at David Brock. And David started his career with IBM and sales and now is the founder and managing partner in Partners in Excellence, and they consult with startup companies all the way up to Fortune 25 companies. So David has seen a little bit of everything at every level, and he teaches businesses how to succeed, whether it's management leadership or it's sales or strategy. He is the, the guy that you bring in when you're trying to make a difference. Great to have you on board, Dave. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to, thanks for inviting me. It's great to be part of the show. Well, I, I suspect, based on what I know about you and the conversations that we've had, uh, that we can't even begin to touch very lightly the things that you do and the things that you impact. But I read a couple of very interesting things uh, on your website, and you said this, we tend to make things more complicated than they need to be in the business world. And you went on to say that our prim- my primary goal is to get people to think and get them off autopilot. Dave, when, when you go in and you begin to look at and assess a business and you're looking for ways to immediately begin to impact their performance, talk about some of the things that you, you look at first and foremost as items that are non-negotiable. You have to make sure that these are operating well and we're doing these things well. Well, that that covers a lot of territory and all, but it, it's it's you know usually you know what we find is is we're privileged to kind of work with some of the best business leaders and smartest people in the world, and and typically these folks aren't uh, confronting trivial types of problems. Um, and uh, but but the problem is is in getting caught up in kind of the day to day momentum of what we do and, and fighting fires and, and those kinds of things. Pretty soon we start losing track of what really matters and what we're trying to achieve. So a lot of times, simply what we do is we go in and kind of reset and remind people of you know here's what we're trying to do. You know, and now how do we look at it and how do we get there most effectively, most efficiently? And usually it's the simplest way possible. 
Um, we have kind of uh, uh, it's it's a simple way of looking at things, and um, and you know I'm surprised at how many people think it's rocket science, but you know the easiest way to come up with answers around business strategy, and particularly around sales and marketing, is to start with a customer and work backwards. Um, right. You know, and generally the customer knows how they want to buy. They know uh, how they want to be engaged. And if we figure that out and work backwards to say, how do we connect with them? Um, we find, you know, amazing ability to connect and do that very simply. Sure. Uh, instead, we tend to do that the reverse and we kind of work at, you know, what product do we want to push? You know, who do we want to go after? How do we, we get them to do what we want? And it ends up being complicated and slow and usually not work. Yes, yeah, it's, it's interesting how oftentimes, at least in my experience, is that companies that are struggling with sales and they're struggling to hit numbers uh, are, don't really even have a good sense of the kinds of businesses you know the 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 model of the the kind of company they should be working with the one that understands them understands their business model and, and is welcoming to the the way they do things and the things they have to offer instead they're chasing every potential lead indiscriminately do, do you find that people typically get off base in terms of just those kinds of basics in oh, business that's that's the the first place where people do get off base i mean they they don't have a definition of the sweet spot and where they go, and then it gets worse as business start as they start to struggle as businesses, they start casting a wider and wider net uh, and go after things far outside the sweet spot. And you know, it, it requires, I think, some courage and some criticism to is critical thinking to say, you know, we go in and say, um, you know, you have to be able to answer honestly. Really, two fundamental questions: is what problems are we the very best in the world at solving? And who has those problems? You know, right. once you answer those really honestly, then um, then it's very clear who you're going after, what your value proposition is, uh, and now you just have to figure out how do we find those people and get at them efficiently and effectively. But you know, I don't know. So many times I go in uh, to customers and they can't answer that. We do everything. Well, you can't do everything and you can't be the best in the world at doing everything. We serve everybody. Well, you can't serve everybody. You know, there's some people that you serve very, very well. And there's some people who your competitors, uh, will serve better than you. So why waste your time chasing business? That's not your business. We're talking with David Brock. He's the founder of Partners in Excellence. Find him on Twitter, at David Brock. You know, you, you work with startups, and, and they present, from my experience, a very peculiar set of challenges in many ways. Many times the founder, the entrepreneur, it, it has helped the company succeed, oftentimes just through sheer willpower. And if there's anyone who really struggles to take the organization to the next level, it's typically that situation and that individual because they they don't have a sense of those strategic leadership issues. They just know that they work hard and they've been successful and by golly, they ought to just be able to do more of that to be more successful. Do you find that to be the case? Oh, absolutely. In fact, I was on a long conference call this morning uh, with a founder and his executive management team on that very same issue. I mean, the the founder was a, a brilliant, inspired in a super passionate person, you know, and he invested a huge amount of himself in really, you know, 
creating a fantastic company and, and really starting to get traction and, and grow it. But, you know, now as, as, as the company grew, is growing, what they're doing is the founder is finding himself doing things that he doesn't like doing that, you know, that are necessary for the company to grow, maybe instituting more process, hiring more people, spending more time managing, leading, coaching, and developing people, where that wasn't what this guy, you know, what was fun for this guy. And and so consequently, the organization was struggling, and they needed to transition, and they needed to start changing some things. And the founder was struggling with doing that, you know, and he was very proud guy and he deserved to be proud but you know he he was struggling with this shift of what his role is what he needed to do for the next phase of growth and whether in fact he uh, he should continue as ceo or whether he should transition and bring somebody else in as ceo who could ha- have the skills and passion to do the things that were necessary for the business right now yeah, that's a tough conversation to have and you know that's at the top level the ceo position not infrequently, you'll find the entrepreneur, the the owner who has started the company, plays the role of sales manager. And you know, perhaps as well as anyone in business, that that sales management role is is fundamentally very, very important uh, with it to, to the success of the organization. And not having had any training or skill set at all associated with being a sales manager, it creates some real significant issues inside of the company. How do how do you deal with that? <laughs> Most of the time, it's it's having some very very tough conversations with those founders. Is is, you know, the, a lot of times they got into the role because of their passion for what they were doing, and not their passion for managing or leadership. And and a lot of times they aren't the best leaders in the world, nor do they want to be leaders. They they're inspired by this problem that they've solved or this idea that they have. And, and they're inspired by getting people to buy into it and adopt it. But they're not necessarily uh, interested in doing the things that leaders have to do, which is really saying it's not so much about my individual contribution, but it's what I can do to maximize the performance of my whole team. Sure. Dave, let me look at some specific positions within a company. And again, as you mentioned at the top, this is this is broad range territory. So you're going to be able to take it you know, wherever you feel is, is appropriate. But let's start with the, the, the CEO or the owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you've got a CEO or an owner, from your perspective, based on many, many years of experience, what are one or two non-negotiable skills or talents that that individual must have in order to be successful at that role? Well, I mean, the CEO and, uh, or owner or founder really has to set the strategy and set the direction for the company. Um, you know, here's who our customers are. Here's what, here are the problems that we're the best in the world of solving. And we're, we're organizing all the resources of the company, whether they're sales, marketing, product development, manufacturing, customer service, around being the best in the world at that. So it's setting the, the, the direction, the strategy, um, and the priorities for doing that. The second thing that the CEO is, is critical at doing is, is defining and reinforcing every day the culture of the company. Right. 
You know, right. the culture of the company is really what makes us tick. It's what attracts people to say, I want to work at this company because it has a value system. It has a culture. It's something that I want to be part of and contribute to. It's aligned with how I think and what I value and what I want to do with my life. And so too, much, too many times we find CEOs doing bits and pieces of that, but not the whole picture. And, you know, and too many times you find them just absolutely neglecting the, the culture thing because it's a squishy, soft kind of thing to address. And, you know, most of us aren't really good at addressing those squishy, soft kinds of things, but it makes or breaks a company. You know, it seems to be accepted business doctrine now, Dave, that, you know, the, the culture of the company is everything in success. Certainly, you, you can be a tyrant and a micromanager, and you can achieve a certain level of success. But in order to create success that's bigger than just your own initial efforts and just yourself, you have to grow up a culture that engages people. And, and yet, even though it seems to be accepted as best practice, very few companies seem to really comprehend that well why is that is there, is there just a connection problem uh, from the you know from the business side and the education side I mean where's the disconnect here I, I well I think the disconnect is is a lot having to do with you know as as business people we like to deal with you know hard kinds of topics you know we like dealing with strategy we like dealing with plans and programs we like dealing with organization charts where we like dealing with data and we're performance and metric driven right you know and and so we can let ourselves get consumed with all of that and then we forget that that you know it's it's really the people that make up the business but more importantly the people it's you know the aligned it's getting them inspired it's getting them aligned around what you're trying to achieve so you know things like value systems things like culture uh, you know, those are softer, more difficult to define kinds of things. It's, it's, you know, I can't go and get a class on culture. Right. Uh, right. Well, you know, I can learn how to eat with my mouth closed, but, but other than that, I can't go and, and get uh, a class on culture and those kinds of things. I can't get a cl- class on, on values. It's, it's, you know, it's how we are. It's how we live. It's how we, uh, what we stand for. Um, you know, so many times you find companies that are losing their way uh, have no common value system. They have no common culture. Is you know when you start looking at them internally, you know there um, uh, there's one company I'm working with on, on that unfortunately is as individuals they're some of the brightest most capable individuals I've ever seen. But when you collect them together to work in the company, somehow two plus two is equaling three or two or one in this company. And, you know, what I've I've found in this company is it's really there's no common culture, there's no common set of values, and everybody's kind of lost. Yeah, you bet. Well, we're a little bit long in this segment, Dave. We're going to take a short time out. We'll come back on the other side. We're going to talk sales and sales management with Dave Brock. He is the founder of Partners in Excellence, and you can find him online at Twitter on his Twitter account, at David Brock. We'll be right back. This is the Business Locker Room on Voice America. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. 
Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. Hey, welcome back to the Business Locker Room. Yes, we are uh, taking care of business. Love that song. Going way back, Bachman Turner Overdrive. It is a show with compelling conversations and useful content, things that you can use to improve your business today. I want to thank our show partner, our sponsor, 4D Sales. Make sure you check them out online, 4dsales.com. And we are having a conversation with David Brock, who, as, as we were in the break, I actually told you the wrong Twitter handle for him. It is at David A. Brock because I think many people, Dave, will recognize there's another David Brock out there. He's a little more controversial than you are. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so we'll leave that one alone. But it is David A. Brock on Twitter. And of course, you can find his blog, partnersinexcellenceblog.com. You want to make sure you're reading that one. All right. Well, we've got a few minutes left, Dave, uh, before you get out of here. But I want to just pose a scenario I'm a brand new sales manager. I've been successful as a salesperson. I've got a dozen people that are going to work for me, and you know that I've got the kind of skills that will make me a capable and successful sales manager. But I'm brand new in the business, and my boss has hired you to coach me. Talk to me about some of the things that you would be saying to me as a coach. Well, first thing you got to do is really realize it's no longer about you. You've right. got to get yourself and your ego out of it. You know, you probably, we probably have been successful as salespeople, as individual contributors. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and, you know, we built our career, we built our, our talents around what we do individually and, in, in you know, achieving high levels of performance individually. Now I move into the manager role. It's no longer about me. I'm no longer an individual contributor, but I'm a coach and leader of a team of people. So my job is to get my ego out of it, get it it's no longer about me, it's about my people. And it's now about how do I start maximizing the performance of each person on my team. You know, so now I got to start getting to know my people and understanding what they're good at, what they're bad at, you know, where they can improve, what I can do to kind of 
help inspire them, help coach them, help them lead them into achieving both the numbers that that they're accountable for, but achieving their full potential as as uh, business professionals. So I, I really have to start looking at two things. One is maximizing the performance in their current job and maximizing their full potential in their career, which is something you mentioned earlier around developing our people. Do you think, Dave, that's why some sales managers don't reach the level of success that they have, that they really don't catch on to this? It's it's more of an other people exercise. They they really get their ego wrapped up in capturing deals and being in charge. And those, I mean, does that make sense? Yeah, well, you, you know, you just think about it logically. The numbers run against you. You know, if... if if I've been a high-performing salesperson and I've always made my quota, blah, 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 you know, and I know how to go out and do deals. Um, and then, you know, so in, you know, every high-performance salesperson, even if you're busting your quota, you're not, you don't have a whole lot of spare time on your hands. Right. Now, all of a sudden, you just look at the numbers. Typical management, first-line manager span of control is somewhere between about 8 and 15 people these days. So let's just take an easy number of 10. You know, I've got 10 people with 10 times the quota I used to carry as an individual. You know, so now if I'm going in there and trying to be super salesman, super closer, super, you know, do my do what I did before in the same way that I did before, run out and close 10 times the amount of business, the numbers just don't add up. You you work yourself into an absolute impossible situation. So, you know, until you start getting that breakthrough that says, what I did in the past no longer will work. I have to change what I do. And then you, pretty clearly it says, I got to make sure that all the people on my team are performing full out at the right. at the full potential that they can. Yeah, that makes that makes a lot of sense. Now let, let's let's change shoes a little bit. Um, you, you obviously started in sales with IBM, and you were very successful and, and moved right on up the ladder. Uh, but I suspect that you've probably hired and coached people in hiring many, many, many salespeople. From your perspective and your experience, what are the non-negotiable skills or talents that you're looking for in someone to add to your sales force? Um. As a salesperson or as a sales manager? Salesperson. As a salesperson, what I look for is is a passion for customers, some sort of curiosity, you know, somebody that's that's interested in understanding how businesses work, who's driven to say, you know, I've you know, I wanna look at this customer, I wanna understand what they do. I want to understand, uh, and and I want to go in and help them get better at it. So there you have kind of the, a whole bunch of things, business acumen, problem solving, kind of a, a passion to drive change, a passion to, to see your customers be successful. I look at people that are disciplined, that are very kind of process-focused, that uh, are, are proud of, of how they spend their time and, and guarded about how they spend their time that, that aren't going to waste their time or waste other people's time. Mm-hmm. Um, I look at people that communicate well, that are driven by accomplishment and achievement. 
uh, and that work well, play well with others. You know, sales <laughs> is no sales is a team sport these days. No high performing business to business salesperson can do anything by themselves. And so they have to have the skills to be able to work and play well with others, both their customers and peers within their own organization. Boy, based on your description, it's it's not hard to see why there are sales teams out there that are struggling. Many salespeople don't have that basic business acumen. And I know that you're not talking about having an MBA or even having a business degree. You're just talking about understanding what's important to people who run businesses or, or must turn a profit, you know, in order to sustain yeah. their company. How do businesses work? I mean, you know, what, you know, what, even though it's not fashionable to say this, you know, what keeps a CEO up at night? What keeps a CFO up at night? What's the basic structure of how do they get things done? You know, once you start figuring out how your customer gets things done, then you know how to best help them get things done. Um, yeah, and if you, if you take that and you couple it with someone who, who's not driven to, to be successful or uh, to use their time wisely, I love the way you said that. You know, you've got to find people that jealously guard their time and aren't willing to waste it. You put those two things together, you almost have a recipe for automatic disaster. Yeah, I, I mean, and you don't... You know, you don't know how much, well, you see it a lot, I see it a lot, is, is you know, we, we have to, you know, I'm very, very jealous about my time. And, and, for instance, I'll prepare very, very hard for a meeting with a customer because I want to make sure I use their time well and create the maximum amount of value. But at the same time, I want to make sure that customer is using my time very well and I'm not wasting my time with them. So that's why things like, you know, getting your customer engaged in planning meetings and orchestrating what outcomes you want to get, you know, really kind of setting high expectations for your customers saying, you know, I'm a business professional. I'm in here to do business. I expect you to be a business professional and you wanting to do business and let's figure out how we work together most effectively and most efficiently. And I promise you, I won't waste your time and I don't expect you to waste my time. Yeah, it is consistent from my experience that uh, salespeople who, who think that when they show up to make a sales call that you know, the business owner or the department head or whomever it may be is going to drop everything and their entire world circulates around this salesperson. It's just amazing. And yet what, what the business owner, the entrepreneur is looking for is someone to come in and understand the challenges they face every day and just give me one idea that will help my business life go a little easier. Uh, it, it is amazing to me. Well, it, that's all great stuff, Dave. And uh, clearly, uh, we could do this conversation a dozen more times and, and never get to even a small piece of what you do. But I want you to promise me that I can have you back and we could talk more about leadership and sales and sales management. Well, it's a real privilege, and we're talking about things that I have a great amount of passion on. So anytime you want me, Kelly, I'd, I'd be glad to join. Yeah, that's fantastic. Thanks for being with us. He is David Brock, and you can find him on Twitter at David A. Brock. And again, make sure you check out his blog post. Very well done, very thoughtful, much uh, to do with business insight. A lot of good things there. It's partnersinexcellenceblog.com. 
com and uh, it, it makes for great reading and I appreciate him coming on board. We will definitely have him back in the future. Uh, speaking of blog posts, I want to make sure you check out my latest blog post at oneononeselling.com. Go to the blog tab in the in the main header and you'll find uh, that latest blog post called Sales Manager's Three Big Lies at oneononeselling.com. So many things coming up down the road that I want to talk to you about, but we're going to take a time out. I'll come back on the other side. We'll get Miles Austin to join us, and we'll talk about a brand new online tool, timetrade.com. It is an online appointment scheduling tool, and more and more people are starting to use these. So I want to know the ins and outs and how you use it and how it helps and if it really is worth the time and attention that you have to give to it. So we'll take that short time out. We'll come right back with Miles Austin and tell you more about upcoming shows. This is the Business Locker Room on Voice America. I'll be right back. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Kelly Riggs is an author, a highly acclaimed speaker, and a business performance coach for companies and executives across the country. Now in his eighth year as founder and president of VMAX Performance Group, Kelly has written two books, One-on-One Management, What Every Great Manager Knows That You Don't, and Quit Whining and Start Selling, a step-by-step guide to a Hall of Fame career in sales. Both are available on Amazon.com. Is it time to put Kelly to work for you? For more information on training or consulting in sales, leadership development, or strategic planning, visit VMAXPG.com. That's VMAXPG.com. We hear it and read about it every day in the news. America is heading over a fiscal cliff. Home prices are still receding and unemployment growing. How can you preserve and increase your wealth in this kind of economy? Tune in to Turning Hard Times into Good Times with host Jay Taylor. Jay will explain the decline of our monetary system and the economy and will give you winning investment ideas and the tools to protect and increase your wealth. Turning Hard Times into Good Times with Jay Taylor can be heard Tuesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio, Voice America Business Network. Yeah, this is the Business Locker Room. I am your host, Kelly Riggs, at Kelly Riggs on Twitter, and I want to push you towards our website, bizlockerroom.com. We always have the recap of the shows, the tools that Austin and I look at each week in the X's and O's segment, all of the things uh, that you can find out about the show, and you can find out much more about me as well if, if there's an interest there. Bizlockerroom.com, and uh, we welcome in Miles Austin in our X's and O's segment to talk about time trade dot com miles welcome glad to be here kelly i'll tell you what you have the best break music i've ever heard i just love listening bachman turner overdrive made me reach for my phone and go try to download some of their great music <laughs> I, I tell you it's one of the fun parts of doing a radio shows picking out the bump music it, it's good stuff listen each and every week i hear from people about this segment they, they talk about the tools and the things we're using i've now become an evernote guy that was uh, that was an experience uh, week two i think our second episode uh, but we've been through some really good Good tools, and this week we jump off into something that I, I don't use, and yet I think more and more talking to you, I probably should. Timetrade.com. Tell me about it. 
Well, Kelly, I'll tell you what, you know, it, tools by themselves can be a distraction or a big help. And and this is one of the tools. I've been using time trade now for almost two years. And let, let me kind of paint a verbal picture if I can. I, I'd ask everyone, our listeners, to just grab a piece of paper and on the piece of paper, want them to write down, first of all, what types of meetings you want to have on your schedule every week and every month. What type? What's the purpose of them? Who would they be with, et cetera? Second step is I'd want them to decide how long each of those meetings would be ideally. So as an example, how many meetings would I want to have with new prospective clients, let's say? And let's, let's kind of right now focus maybe on a B2B environment, but it could be in retail or banking, doesn't matter. So now I know what kind of meetings I want on my schedule. Now I know how long each of those types of meetings would be. Now I want you to then imagine a big desk calendar, the one of the old-fashioned big paper calendars, mm-hmm. completely blank on your on your desk. And what Time Trade gives you the ability to do is to look at that calendar and put blocks of time for these types of meetings that you've already decided you want on your calendar in advance and the length of those those meetings. And you can lay them out on a monthly or on going forward basis as many and as whatever types of meetings as you'd like. So the important thing here is you are in control of these meetings, not random uh, people calling or connecting with you and booking time in your calendar. You're saying that on Monday between 8.30 and 10, I'd like to have a window there where I could have um, meetings maybe with for new employees, for interviews or something along that line. Maybe you have meetings that you want to have that are one hour in length with each of your key management team over a period of the month. But you want to give them the flexibility. They can pick the time that works for them that's in your slots that you've already laid out. So let me paint a picture again a little bit more detail. Um, In my business, I always like to have people be able to connect with me and schedule some time on my calendar for what I call, uh, it's a 15-minute window, that's all it is, of an exploratory business call. So these are people that for however reason they found me or got to me, they want to call me and talk to me and explore if what I do would make sense for them and obviously vice versa, okay? Mm -hmm. You lay all those out, you save them within this online calendar within time trade. And then what it does is, so now let's say I've got a 15-minute exploratory call for customers. I've got a one-hour management call with my key management team spread throughout a month. And maybe I have a, um, or maybe I have a customer calls for follow-up with my existing customers that I want to have scheduled. What I've now done is I now, with time trade, I now have the ability to have a simple button or a link um, that people online can call or excuse me can click on and pick a time for the specific purpose of that meeting so as an example maybe my link is 123abc.com and that link will take them to my real live calendar for that 15 minute exploratory call but it's only showing that person those slots that I have pre-identified as for that purpose that would be ideal for me, right? And so right. now they've got that option. But then let's say that maybe you and I have scheduled during our normal course of our business day, you and I have scheduled a meeting that runs across that same window of time. 
when a client goes in with that link and looks at the calendar of open dates for that exploratory call, they will not see the date that was scheduled because you and I have already blocked that out. Gotcha. Right? Yeah. So, so, when, so it, allows me, it allows me to put my calendar out in front of somebody with the openings that I want to make available to someone else, and I can say to them, in essence, hey, book a call with me. Here's some times to choose from. You, you knock yourself out. Pick the one you want. Absolutely. And think about how many times when you want to set an appointment with a business colleague or a, con- a connection and it's like, okay, well, look, let's, let's get schedule a meeting and it's okay. Well, I've, send me a couple dates and then they send you a couple dates and times and neither of those work. So you send, so you go back and forth three, four or five times in many occasions before you can get something locked down. If you can even get it locked down, this alleviates all of that. You give the, you've already set the predetermined times that you would prefer they go and look at the link. They pick the time that's available for them because if it's showing up available for them, it's guaranteed to be available in your calendar because it's live linked into your Outlook or Gmail, whatever your calendar is that you're using. Wow. Well, you've, you've hit a nerve with me. We're talking with Miles Austin in the X's and O's segment, and we're talking about timetrade.com. You hit a nerve with me, Miles, because I can't tell you how many times I you, you get two busy executives, two busy biz, business people, and they're you know you know how their calendars are, and just trying to find a fifteen or thirty minute window where you can get together. What you're saying is, hey, here's my calendar. Take a look and pick one, right? Absolutely. And as an example, I think I mentioned this to you earlier in our conversation. Um, I get literally three, four appointments minimum per week off of a link in my LinkedIn profile. So for whatever the reason, they've connected or found my profile on LinkedIn, and one of the links that I show under my website section is a link for that 15-minute exploratory call. And people, in many cases, I've never met, but they have an interest. They've come across me from a speaking engagement, a conference I was at, a blog post or something, maybe this radio show. And they want to say, you know, I wonder if he could help me with X, right? They go to that link, they pull it up, they book an appointment, and honestly, throughout almost every day, I'll get a little ding on my phone. I'll look down and someone has grabbed one of those 15-minute windows. The other beauty of that is, is like you, I have clients on the East Coast, the West Coast, some European customers as well, and I've blocked out specific times that will accommodate that. For me, I'm on the West Coast, either East Coast and even twice a week, I have a, a call that's scheduled at about midnight my time here in Seattle. Because I know that if it's a European customer, that will show up most of the time it's going to be open. <coughs> Excuse me, but I want to give them that option to book that time with me. Wow, that's, that's pretty spectacular. I, I think we need to kind of develop this a little bit more, and time's not going to allow us to do it today. Because this whole idea of, of utilizing it on LinkedIn, I think, has application for a lot of different people. Certainly, folks like you and I who, who are consultants and so forth, but then you, you've got salespeople and, and all kinds of different vocations where they may want to have that exploratory cost or miles. So I, I want to get down the road and I want to look at that uh, perhaps even next week and see if we can't flesh that a little bit further. He's Miles Austin, and he's the guy that makes sense out of all of this technology. Folks, I don't have time, nor do I have the wherewithal to go through all of the processes of tracking down these tools, learning how to use them and putting them together. Visit Miles Austin website. It is fillthefunnel.com, and he is always talking about these tools. It is timetrade.com, and I got to tell you, I got many more questions, but great to have you on the X's and O's segment again, Miles. We'll see you next time. Looking forward to it. That's good stuff from Miles Austin. Uh, 
just been a fantastic addition to the show and a great asset to have around because, again, these are the kinds of things that really make a difference in people's business lives. Well, that's going to do it for today's show. Thanks very much, uh, not only to Miles Austin, you can find him on Twitter at Miles Austin, but to David Brock. And again, let me make sure you got his Twitter handle right. It is at David A. Brock, Partners in Excellence blog. Com. Special thanks to 4D Sales for partnering with us here in the Business Locker Room. And make sure you send me an email. Tell me what you like and don't like about the show, potential guests, those kinds of things. My email address, kelly at bizlockerroom.com. You'll find this show segment on there as soon as we post it. And you'll find previews for upcoming shows as well. Been great to have you on board. Thanks to Michael Sergeant. He's on the other side of the glass engineering our show. And thanks to Brandy Jackson who is our executive producer. We'll see you next week with Sean Copeland and David Burke. It should be a fantastic show. That's going to do it. I'm Kelly Riggs. I'll see you next week. Thanks for joining the Business Locker Room with your host, Kelly Riggs. Kelly will be back again next week for more business-building content and conversation for your playbook. Tune in Mondays at 1 p.m. Pacific Time, 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel for another edition of The Business Locker Room. Remember, business is a competition. Play to win. Play to win.